0: all along come facing twilight alone without the without a sign without grasping it the real question to be asked where have I
1: Hello, and welcome back to Enter the Asylum, a podcast where two brothers try and watch every single Asylum film ever produced. I'm your sick boy, Benjamin.
2: And I'm your twisted uh, child, John.
1: <laughs> I haven't got to that movie yet. That's, that's, <laughs> I think that's the next one after uh, King Kong. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, I'm a little bit sick, so apologies to everyone for any gross uh, coughing sounds I end up making throughout this podcast. Yeah so it's been a little while i i know it's been about a month sorry everyone who's trying to listen to this um it,
2: it's free content we can be <laughs> forgiven
1: i hope so any do you do
2: anything interesting with your week
1: month uh <laughs> i can't recall much uh unfortunately besides being sick in general oh how about you though
2: uh well this past weekend i went and saw uh best friends part two the uh tommy was greg sestero uh, film part two uh and the final part of the yeah the new tommy was greg sestero vehicle um gotta say it was interesting um Kinda went off the rails a bit. So is this a,
1: is this a direct continuation from part one, or is it like yes, yeah,
2: okay. yeah, this is part two of a of a whole movie. Part one, part two, or a whole movie. Um, definitely, kind of went off the rails in part two because um, part one, I walked away from it thinking, oh wow, this is like almost on the level of like a genuinely good like art house indie film like this is almost on that level um and obviously there were some you know flaws with there's some weirdness about it but you sort of like accepted that because it was a very surreal film uh but part two like for better or for worse it kind of goes off the rails um Hmm. i i was entertained uh don't get me wrong i had i had fun uh but um
1: I guess you want to sort of delve a little into the spoilers, I suppose, for this one, or not? I, I, like, in I, what I, way is it I more off the rails? I, I,
2: I won't. Uh, but um, it's... Well, it's it's funny because it, like... Basically, it's, it, it just gets, like, kind of more and more kind of unbelievable. Um, Greg Sestero's character is, like, a complete dunce. And that does show through in part one but like in part two it's like really apparent and Tommy Wiseau's character um is it does some very now yes I know this is hard to believe that Tommy Wiseau's character would do some very strange things <laughs> um but it was a strange dichotomy I gotta say because like I'm I'm like watching Tommy Wiseau and going like hmm I have some problems with the the narrative representation of Tommy Wiseau here, which is like a very strange place to be. Because when you watch The Room, narrative cohesion is about like the furthest thing from your mind. You're not thinking like, hmm, like this is this is uh uh failing to suspend my disbelief. You're just sitting there going, "What is happening? What? What? Wait, what? Who's this? Wait, breast cancer? Wait, what? Who?" Wait, what? What's going on? Um, so, um, I think it definitely is the greatest feat of Best Friends is definitely that they actually wrote a character around Tommy Wiseau that was uh, definitely in part one seemed kind of believable. Um, surreal but they but that was kind of the thing is they built a world that was surreal enough that you sort of accept it tommy Wiseau's character on its own terms um it loses a bit of that in part two but it goes to places that are strange enough that you're still entertained so um so yeah it was interesting um i don't want to spoil anything um because it it really is an interesting ride. Uh, there were a couple of characters who get introduced in part two that I actually quite enjoyed. Um, I would say if you're interested in this, I would say wait until parts one and two come out on uh, home media of some sort. I don't know if I'd recommend paying full price at a movie theater for this. Um, could also be that like I saw part two was just a limited theatrical run, so I just went to like a regular movie theater to see this. Um, so whereas part one, I actually went to like the special Hollywood premiere at the Egyptian Theater where Tommy Wiseau, Greg Sestero, and Paul Shear were all. Uh, there, in, uh, doing a Q and like so A, so it spectacle. had, yeah, it was a spectacle. Like all the people there were like hardcore room fans and everything. So like, so like, lacking that kind of like you know celebratory atmosphere, um, you know, I, I think I walked away from part two feeling a, a little. A little tiny bit underwhelmed um, and definitely I walked away from being like okay like you know it's not a you know great film great indie film but I think this is the first time Greg Sestero wrote a fi- has written a film so I'll give him credit you know it's still a very interesting like surreal like indie flick um, and definitely um, it-, it-, it is funny to say that yeah Tommy Wiseau delivers the more believable performance than Greg Sestero but um, <laughs> But uh, uh, but yeah, definitely the greatest feat of this movie is finding out what figuring out what to do with Tommy Wiseau. It reminds me of a line from um, uh, the Disaster Artist film, uh, where Bob Odenkirk plays an acting coach to uh, in some class that Tommy Wiseau. Um, and I don't think this is in the book. I don't think this is a, a a real event. I think this is sort of was kind of created for the film. But it's it's Bob Odenkirk telling. James Franco playing Tommy Wiseau, like, you have a dark energy about you. I could see you playing uh, Dracula or Frankenstein, and and James Franco, as Tommy Wiseau, is going, I am the Frankenstein. <laughs> this, yeah, I remember that. Th- from the this, movie, this movie is Tommy Wiseau playing Frankenstein. And now Frankenstein's a monster, like Frankenstein the Mad Scientist, basically. Uh, this, is a, this is a movie where they basically do that, essentially. And um, it's it 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 kind of rocks. It kind of rooks. It kind of goes off the rails a bit in part two, but you know, you kind of appreciate it for that. So um, so yeah, it was interesting. Like I say, unless Tommy Wiseau or and Greg Sestero are attending your a screening in your area, don't know if I recommend full price at a the movie theater. Um, but definitely recommend home media. I definitely recommend checking this out. Uh, so anyway, so after I watched that. I snuck into a screening of Solo Next Door, which was about ninety percent empty. Um, you snuck I, into it. I snuck into it, which I think was fitting because I think uh, watching a, th- a movie for free is exactly what a thief and scoundrel like Han Solo would do. So I think I was, you know, keeping in, you know, uh, uh, thematically appropriate with the movie. Are we um, like hiding in
1: a box or around corners. <laughs>
2: No, uh hiding in the little cargo shaft underneath the uh the, the theater. Um That was Was it worth it, John? Well I wasn't caught, so uh-huh. uh yes it was. Um and that movie was okay. Mm. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, it was just okay. I'm I'm glad I didn't spend money on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a general consensus. I've sort of gathered for everyone else as well.
2: And I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I just wasn't super into it. And I'm glad I didn't spend money for it.
1: I'm solo. I'm Han Solo. (laughs) solo.
2: Oh, see that, that, oh man. I wish, I wish. That's a much more engaging and uh, uh, memorable piece of entertainment than that. the Star Wars Connect solo song.
1: They should really just put it somewhere in that film.
2: Honestly, they should have had a dance-off c- scene in the movie.
1: Unless they gain the trust of um, Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. They did a dance-off, obviously. Or Orlando. Yeah, <laughs> one, one, all three of them.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm not going to bother with any kind of detailed commentary about Solo because the whole... Fucking internet has has you know been doing that it's already, and it's not really a movie that deserves any kind of detailed analysis. Like that's how indifferent I was to it. So that was my week.
1: Mm. Um, I had to remember something I watched, uh, which is the Netflix horror movie Open House. Mm-hmm. It was awful. It was probably one of the worst <laughs> like horror movies I've seen in a long time. Um, it was it's okay so it's an hour and 20 minutes of red herrings the last 10 minutes are the only po- like the only moment in the film that matters when you find out who the culprit is which turns out to be someone that's completely unrelated to the entirety of the previous hour and 20 minutes so basically I'm just spoil a bunch of information here because don't watch this film because it's gonna like be extremely disappointing
2: an hour and 20 minutes of Red Herring, so it's like a Scooby-Doo episode, but like as a full-length movie, basically.
1: Well, it's not Scooby-Doo episode at all, because there's no sort of payoff of solving the mystery. Oh. So let me explain this. Okay, so a woman and her child lose their father, and they're then tasked to take, well, they're asked to take care of by her sister, a house that's up in the mountains. They go there, and they go, it's sort of a, like a, um, a ski village kind of deal. And everyone's acting really strangely around them. They're all sort of keeping some big mystery. In the house, there's all these, these big sort of maze-like of structures that st- spread throughout the basement house to potentially other houses, maybe? I don't know, because they don't ever state it. Um, there's all these weird dudes who are walking around and spying on them throughout the whole, you know, series of the film. Um... It slowly begins to climax. More and more people start messing around inside the house, like changing, like turning off the boiler or flicking the lights off and on, things like that. So eventually, someone breaks into the house, and they freak out. They call the police. Um, they eventually get. They eventually get. I think they eventually leave, and then uh, we then find the killer, who's potentially like four different people. I, at that point, you could figure out who it might be. Um, turns out it's none of those four people it's a complete stranger who just is just a random serial killer who then kills both of them and the film ends so you could literally skip the last 10 minutes of this film and you won't miss anything cool which is I guess okay <laughs> it's okay in concept but it's, it's awful actually not execution. it's actually not it's actually I could not. I could imagine thinking like oh man what if we do a film that's just red herrings. When we the plot twist is that but none that's, of it mattered.
2: That's literally every murder mystery.
1: Oh sure, but most murder mysteries have some sort of payoff. Where it's like, mm. ah, I knew it was the butler. Oh no, I, I mean, I mean, the,
2: I mean the red herring part. Mm. Every murder mystery has red herring characters.
1: There's so many things where there's so many like loose ends in the. To story the though.
2: point, to the point where it's actually a shock when the red herring character actually turns out to be the murderer in the end like that's how much of a trope it is
1: um yeah i don't know it was just like um you know after you finish watching the film you're like that's it it just ends like that okay
2: mm-hmm. hey do you know what other uh, film is like that what uh shapeshifter
1: oh <laughs> is it now <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Um. this one ends like that as well, I think. In a way. I, I,
2: I'd i say so, yeah.
1: Well, let's get into the uh, film, though.
2: every asylum film ends that way, but.
1: Yeah, speaking of how every asylum film begins with a shot of a scenic area just in a piss yellow filter. Oh, okay. It's always the most piss yellow filter they can find, it's always I... just. I'm, Awful yellow color.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because I, I'd forgotten about this. It's it's been it's been a few days since I watched the movie, so I, I'm kind of like slowly recollecting it uh, as we go on. But um, that shot of the city, and granted, I'm kind of like a nerd about cities, so like this is only we live a, a in this city of, too. This is this is kind of the dumb a dumb thing that only like you know someone like me would care about. But the shot of the city. In uh, that that Piscilla filter you referred to, uh, where, it, where it's like it's like a downtown, it's you see a big skyline and you like you know and everything. That shot is in Chicago. Is so that... when I saw that oh, shot, I thought it was L. A. Okay, here's the thing. So I looked at that skyline and I'm like, "Oh, that's very re- very recognizably the Chicago skyline." Like, I don't think you can see the Sears Tower, but you can see like Millennium Park and you can ah, okay. see that like that weird sort of like It was filmed uh, in
1: LA, like that, the that half- though, So, well, here's so the assuming.
2: well, here's the thing. So I saw that shot of Chicago and I'm like, "Oh, it's very recognizably Chicago." And so I was like, "Oh, cool. There, the Asylum is finally going to do a movie outside LA for a change." That's not and then next shot, it's in an alley, and you see palm trees in the background. And I'm like, you. Okay, okay, never mind. We're still. They in don't LA. have the money
1: yet to do that. I don't think.
2: <laughs> do they ever get the money to shoot outside LA?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of the later stuff, like oh. I think Sharknado films probably are shot elsewhere.
2: I know. I've only seen the first Sharknado film. They I think one that takes place in, LA. in Las Vegas. Oh really? Yeah,
1: Neil Breen comes and he helps out, it's so great. Wait,
2: wait. Neil Breen's in the Sharknado. No, film. oh god, he would never do oh, that. God. Oh god, he would never stoop down
1: to that level.
2: Oh my god, you're you're right. That is that is below Neil Breen's uh, uh, quality. No, but you seriously had me going there for a <laughs> second. I was like, oh my god, that'd be amazing. But you're right. No, um, Neil Breen is is too classy of a. Person. No, Neil
1: Breen is too self centered. The period in that's not his own film.
2: No, but like he has he has a a very specific aesthetic. And he thinks very highly of his aesthetic. Mm. And Sharknado films, and uh, Asylum films in general, are beneath it. So you joke, sure. when, you joke when you say, like, that's beneath Neil Breen, but truly, it is beneath Neil Breen. When good, you know. More credit to him.
1: Yeah, so in that alleyway that was mentioned, uh, two men get inside a truck. And I believe they're speaking Romanian, because uh, we'll find out later. Um, they're panicking because something in the back of the truck is, like, shaking it, I assume. It's, it's not the most well filmed. Um, they're like, we gotta feed it, though, whatever it is.
2: You just hear bangs on the, the yeah. yeah. Crate.
1: They go to check on it, but turns out it escaped. And then we hear this really great, uh, monster stalk <laughs> noise
2: it's the same stock monster sound they've used in like I feel like three other films we've watched so far. I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. it was an alien
1: wow. A- basically I- that. I-
2: I'm pretty sure it was in like War of the the War of the Worlds. I'm pretty sure it was in like I think it was also in uh, Legion of the Dead, the Egyptian oh, mummy movie sure. we just watched like I'm pretty sure Buddy like Will, I- maybe? I'm really certain it was in that. By the way, this is that's probably speaking of Leech of the Dead, that was probably my big takeaway. I believe when we did the Leech of of the Dead recording, um, I at some point said this might be the laziest film I've ever watched. And I still think that's true. But Shapeshifter came very close. A close
1: second for sure, yeah. So suddenly we switched to slapping butt cheeks. Just suddenly. At random. Which is obviously sounds like, quite quick. To make every assigned film get sort of viewer intention going. Quick fetish. No, quick, we got to get someone being murdered and someone, some boobs. Like the first five scenes, first five minutes of the film or the viewers being Oh, bored.
2: my God. Yes, I forgot about this. It's like some guy with like a, um, with a prostitute in a motel and it is... He's sort of,
1: he's sort of passively slapping her though. It's like, it's really... It's, like, really it's sort of... Sort of really out, it's really
2: like... awkward. It's really awkward. I've I've thought about joking about how, like, oh, maybe the Asylum, like, you know, gets, like, you know, like, porn stars for their films, but that would actually be an improvement in the acting quality. Like, that would actually, like... That would actually bring a, a degree of, like, realism and integrity to an Asylum film that they you know and they they, they probably would ask for more money too quite frankly (laughs) Mm.
1: I don't know I'm not sure every sound film tends to do this I think oh yeah where yeah he's like we need tits in the first five minutes of the film where the viewers would get get bored
2: Mm.
1: you know I don't know I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it. They're they're Every just car. now
2: just dis- they're just now discovering they've been ripped off because they thought they were getting to watch a higher quality blockbuster film. Uh, we need to uh, keep their attention for just a little bit longer.
1: It's the promising titties in the future of the film, I assume is what they're sort of trying to get there.
2: I think that's a fair assessment.
1: Yeah, maybe that that doesn't happen. Obviously, I don't know. Um. Anywho, but no,
2: no one has studied the asylum like we have. I believe. No,
1: man, we're experts already, and we're only like Eps- movie nine, I think. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has gotten as far as we have. <laughs> I, everyone, everyone else is a bunch of scrubs. They only talk about like Sharknado, maybe Mega Shark, maybe one of those like you know, Snakes like on a Train, mo- mock us, yeah, like Snakes yeah. on a Train. That's for scrubs. We do. We're we in do the deep shit, all. yo. We do.
1: <laughs> we're watching evil eyes and king of the ants which is like oh, the least a film ever um so suddenly the shapeshifter creature that w- escaped from the truck breaks into the um uh prostitute and the man and they the just motel get room, yeah. Yeah, the motel room yeah yeah motel room um this also, I should probably clarify that uh, there was a man inside the truck, and he turned into a demon.
0: Mm.
2: Uh,
1: that's why he's a shapeshifter. Mm. Hence, the title of this film, Shapeshifter.
2: A title that literally I had I had trouble recollecting because it's so generic. It's
1: very forgettable. Uh suddenly so we then cut to a prison cell, or rather, this is actually
2: room. this is a running thing between you and me, and I feel like sharing it is that every week I have to ask you. Wait, what's the title of the film we're watching again? <laughs> because they're just that generic and forgettable. Like, you don't all remember of *Legion
1: of the Dead*?
2: No, I don't.
1: I'm I'm surprised. How about *Killers*? No and *Killers* too.
2: What was what was even after *Killers*? I don't even remember. That was only like our second episode. Oh, I'm *The Surge. *Last the Source*. Oh, Come okay, on yes, now. okay, yes. But again, again, like, oh man.
1: Well, the the surge and the source are both terrible names for the film.
2: Right. I think I I, I, I Why not like super teens? Yeah, super Teens. Oh, super teens. Oh my god, yes.
1: I don't know. It works, maybe. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we then we then cut to a Power prison. Rock. After- Power <laughs> rock. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So we then cut to a prison. Uh, where a female prison guard who's getting hired named Jenny. Um is trying to get a job there basically. Uh, uh she so was yeah. find out yeah, yeah. Go no go ahead. Oh, um we find out she was discharged uh honorably from a military campaign in I think Afghanistan.
2: Nope, nope, nope. Uh I I thought they said honorable discharge too. It's an other than honorable discharge, which is why they keep giving her shit about it. Okay. And that is actually kind of a serious thing. Like, actually, after watching that, the the Asylum, the other big thing we're getting to uh, now, I think, with these films, is they have a very serious military fetish in the oh, Asylum. Yeah. Which I've seen in, in later films, but it's taken us a while to get there. But now we're getting there. Um, but I remember, yeah, initially I heard, like, I thought he said honorable discharge, and so after they kept giving her shit for, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, her, her lackluster military record, I was like, didn't they say, like, that? that's, actually, having honorable discharge is really good, but but I went back and, and watched it, and it's an other than honorable okay. discharge, which is a real thing, I looked it up, and so, so, yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's actually, <laughs> it actually all makes sense, actually.
1: uh, Yeah, apparently she was, she talked back to a, the leader or whatever, and that's why. Presumably.
2: She, she talked about... Yeah, apparently her political... Like, they, they make some vague reference. Like, you know, her politics were... Uh, um, like, not agreeable to Hey, her they never go
1: officer. into this either, so we don't know. It's very but, vague. But everyone knows
2: about, everyone it, knows about it. Everyone knows about it. Everyone knows more about it than the audience it. does. Yes. Which is, you know, a staple in Asylum films. Uh, by the way, speaking of the jail... Um, so... That jail, they, they show a, and it actually is where they filmed this. It's a, it's actually it's um, it's an obscure, but to but to history buffs, it's it's relatively well known, uh, landmark in L.A. It's the Lincoln Heights Jail, which is an old jail that they built in the uh, '30s, um, and they stopped using it like decades ago, like back in like the '70s, I think. It's been abandoned ever since, and a bunch of stuff has been filmed there because it's LA and if you have an abandoned building in LA stuff is going to get filmed there especially if it's a jail um it's a really notorious uh, uh old jail cause I think the um I think the uh the, the infamous uh uh like big police beating that is dramatized in la confidential happened in that jail uh so it's um so it's 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 fairly well known among history buffs um but you actually see an establishing shot where you see the the train go by um and it's actually on my commute my my daily commute to downtown so i get to see it every day um so it's kind of fun to be like oh hey i know that building um which is why also I was like, wait, I thought this was in Chicago. You liars. <laughs> um, it could but, still
1: be in Chicago technically, I guess.
2: Uh, except no train in Chicago looks like that. The Like the train that, that, that goes by. And also there's not palm trees in Chicago.
1: <laughs> there's not? Oh.
2: I uh, Last I checked, there weren't any palm trees in Chicago. The reason why I bring all this up is because... The depiction of the jail, and they keep trying to sort of work around this, like, there's always, like, every once in a while, there's a line of dialogue among, like, the, like, fellow, like, prison guards of, like, oh, man, this place is so old, like, I I hear they're gonna move us to a newer building pretty soon and stuff, but there's literally, like, iron bars, and, like, when, like, do you say her name was Jenny? Yeah. When Jenny's getting, like, the tour of the place... Speaking of um, which,
1: she gets a tour by a man named Eddie.
2: When Eddie's giving her the tour, he's like he he shows like the the parts where like you get buzzed in to like the where the prison cells are, but it's but it's just like an iron bar door, and he has to hold it, and then they like they like ADR a like a buzzing noise, and then he opens it up. There's no freaking way that has some kind of like electronic lock system, and what what's more there's no freaking way any operational jail in the 2000s looked anything like that oh like, by the way
1: John did you mention that the George the door's jammed the door's jammed John <laughs> oh boy is that door jammed
2: it's like an old fashioned like 1940s like iron bar like you know jail door like the but kind John that like, it's jammed, like the kind you see like the kind you'd see like an Alcatraz and it's kind of like no jail by like the Like, even by, like, the 90s, like, every jail had those, like, those super, like, you know, like, metal, like, doors with the bulletproof glass and, like, the big loud buzzing noise and stuff and, like, the really heavy-duty, like, doors. Like, that's where all the war on drugs money went was into building, like, hyper-secure modern jails like by the 2000s there was no jail that looked like an old antique like 1940s like jail so like the the just even the premise and like i said they keep trying to be like oh man this building's so old i hear they're gonna move us to a new one it's like bullshit there's no no jail looks like this there's a reason why, like the only things they film in, like the Lincoln Heights Jail, are set in like the 1940s because that's the only thing that's believable in there.
1: Hmm. Um. So yeah. Anyway, so this, during this tour by Eddie, and by the way, Eddie is so happy-go-lucky.
2: Oh, he's, he's like... such a he he he's uh, he's so not going to die. Yeah.
1: So, wow, the prisoners are here and uh they love it, but uh who oh boy are they cause trouble all the time. Oh, ain't
2: that great? Oh, they're so like. Just relaxed with the prisoners, which again is just kind of like, uh, no, there's no jail that operates like this. Again, maybe in the 1940s, but not in the 2000s.
1: Yeah. Um, she then runs into someone she knows while she's getting to the a tour. They get, they basically go inside a sort of rec room of sorts, um, where we meet the cast of like eight prisoners or so. Uh, none of which I I can actually go down the list of characters if you want. We got I mean, the, Tyrese pr- Riggs, uh Valko. It's it's uh, basically Cox, just like sh- uh, Muhammad, Jimmy, <laughs> Leonard.
2: It's basically just like black prisoner number 1, black prisoner number 2, black prisoner number 3, Latino prisoner number 1, Latino prisoner number 2, Romanian prisoner, uh other east vaguely eastern european prisoner and that's it you know it's a a very it's a very you know diverse jail uh, which is also unrealistic Uh, but yeah like one one of the black prisoners is a super buff muscular tough guy the one of the other black prisoners is a like nation of islam guy and yeah there's your there's your stereotypes you know there you go yeah
1: um she then ru- she runs as someone she knows uh, and they're both in a, apparently a foster home at some point back his name is um, Rix I believe who cares <laughs> <laughs> it's helpful because we can identify these people when they die 20 minutes later Um, so yeah during the tour we also to find out that they apparently captured uh, the shapeshifter guy from earlier
2: uh, yeah, this weird Romanian guy with this crazy like like upside down Illuminati tattoo on his chest.
1: Wearing sweatpants and the whole having an envelope that apparently had $9,970 an envelope. Um inside that cell uh there's just a bunch of stuff written in blood and like a pentagram. Yep. It's just sort of there. just there. Yeah they're like eh let him. Yeah. Nothing wrong with He's, that.
2: He starts spazzing out and just like eh, that's strange.
1: But isn't is weird? Then we cut to his cell, and that's all gone, though.
2: Oh, I missed that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Man, who oh boy, Siren films right. They sure dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> uh, while they're walking, we also see an air prisoner who apparently has his hand cut. They 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 take like two seconds to pan on his arm. Uh, for some reason. And, man, we get, like, I think some of the shittiest dialogue ever seen from a silent film after this scene. Oh, Just the worst. saying something. It's so awful. It's like the prisoners are arguing with each other, and it's like... <laughs> I can barely, like, remember all of it was about. But it's the worst.
2: Blackspeak, blackspeak, blackspeak. Basically, blackspeak, yeah. blackspeak, blackspeak. Brother, brother, brother. Blackspeak.
1: Mafia Man, Mafia Man, Blackspeak Mafia, Black Mafia, Blackspeak Mafia Man, basically. It's like... Latino,
2: Latino, Latino. (laughs) Yeah, it's the worst.
1: (laughs) It's so awful. It was painful to hear, and everyone's like been dubbed in, so it's like, there's numerous times where characters' mouths are moving, but no words are coming out.
2: Oh, the ADR in this movie is like a nightmare
1: it's awful. Um speaking of, yeah, one of the people one of the remaining guy who has his cut in his arm is a guy from the mafia. Uh he's ro- the Romanian mafia rather. <laughs> um after this whole scene, uh we then see the shapeshifter man who's uh basically biting into his arm. Sort of eating oh, at yeah, it, he,
2: he chews his arm off basically. Well, not off, but he like like chews into like a, a, a part in his skin, and he just keeps going back for it. And again, this is the asylum, just in love with their makeup artists, just like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, like, because we get like, it, it, it lingers on that for so long, he, keeps keeps like going back to be like, ah, and just like pulling off like, another strip of like, plastic, you know, like makeup flesh and stuff, you, I, I feel bad for that actor, because he, he had just like, keep doing that, like over and over again, it's just like, yeah, more, more, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going, it's all going in, it's all going in, <laughs>
1: Uh, we then discover that he actually has hidden a pentagram in his arm uh, that he's it's, actually trying to pull out.
2: It's like, yeah, it's like a metal, like, it's like about the size of, like, uh, um, like I don't know, like, uh, maybe like twice the size of a quarter. And it's, yeah, it's like a pentagram, like, little metal pentagram ring thing.
1: Um, right now, it's kind of the night, night shift, which is what Jenny's is hired for, basically. So yep. There's Eddie and a third unnamed guard.
2: In short, all of the guards we've seen so far.
1: Yeah, it's like three guards the whole it's night It's three shift.
2: guards for this whole prison.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, the usual. Oh, so this is a prison with only like eight people?
2: Yes, this is a prison with only like eight prisoners in it. Three guards, eight prisoners. Great ratio, I will say. That's that a good guard to prison. That's a very safe guard to prisoner ratio. Um... But, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so he starts starts doing sort of an ancient uh, prayer or summoning ritual or whatever. Um, and he then proceeds to have a seizure.
2: <laughs>
1: they all freak out, thinking he is having a seizure. And they start dragging him to the infirmary.
2: Okay, this is another part here that is <coughs> completely unbelievable. Prison guards are, like, absolute, like, Cowards. They have like all like they're like loaded up with like tasers and batons and like everything basically and like guns stuff. They're like they're all loaded up so that like if they have to pull a prisoner out, they can like like zap the like the the frick out of like that guy to like you know like care of stuff. They they take like no precautions whatsoever. Like no, I'm saying they take they take no chances. They take all of the precautions. Um. So the idea that they're like oh my gosh oh here. Or, like grab him like be like no they'd be like you know handcuffing him and like even if he was like choking to death they'd be like handcuff him okay now like you know tie okay put hold him strap him down and stuff okay let's wheel him out you no know. they just
1: pick him up by his head and legs yeah they sort of just walk him over but surprise oh no that door we mentioned earlier jammed that they mentioned like three times
2: doesn't he like <coughs> stick his baton into it or something to hold it open? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, that door jammed that they mentioned like th- again three times. And it's like the first ten minutes of the film. Um, he's then transforms into the demon and eats Eddie. Yep. Um, oh,
2: should we describe the demon? Yeah, the, it's a, the, it's like a goat the man. S- stellar stellar makeup on the demon. Think of
1: think of like well, a red goat man.
2: What a fantastic costume. That's very furry. <laughs> it looks so stupid. It's not great. And they spent so much time on it. Like, again, they were very proud of their makeup, Rook. Uh,
1: while he's eating Eddie, one of the guards finally realizes he has a gun and starts shooting him. Um.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> at that point, after he's already, like, eaten the other guy, he, he finally pulls out his gun. As if this wasn't like the very first thing, like every freaking cop does. He's moving, pay, 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 pay. That's you know, that's what actually happens.
1: Um, the guy who's shooting the gun then proceeds to get immediately murdered, just suddenly. Then, uh, the guy then shapes back, shapeshifts back into a human and proceeds to take over the prison, basically using the controls. Um, something weird about this: the he turns, he's able to turn off the lights. Using the control panel to open the doors.
2: I, I would believe that lights are a thing. He, they, he's they a, but he control. shuts off all
1: power. Not just the lights.
2: That's true. Maybe it works like Jurassic Park, where shutting off all the power also unlocks everything.
1: <clears throat> well, there's nothing to unlock in this prison. It's all, like, uh, cell keys.
2: It's, it's one door and a few cells.
1: Yeah. Um, so, he takes to the prison um the doors are still shut so they basically run over to a um a different prison cell which they proceed to lock themselves in
2: they're all just like also that was another thing when they're pulling out the the uh romanian guy while he's like having his seizure before he turns to the monster one of the other prisoners is just like 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 walking in the hallway and like and like pointing it out to the guards and such and like he's just out in the hall when the guards are like carrying the guy out it's like again this is not something that happens in jail like if something like this happens like everyone is in their cell there's like because they're very paranoid oh none of the
1: people are here in their cell
2: yeah here everyone's just you know wandering you know like i mean they're they're behind the the big the, the big uh, uh, locked door that leads to the prison cell area. But uh, they're just kind of like in the hallway, they're just in the common room, they're just kind of hanging out. It's just kind of like, no jail operates like this.
1: So they all realize that the shape is actually after the Mafia Man. And this is the most craziest plot twist ever. Okay, so the Roma- Romanian Mafia uses shapeshifters as hunters to track down people so basically they can't escape after breaking a Mafia code of honor.
2: And this is a, a thing that the Romanian Mafia guy only revealed, like, what, like 45 minutes into the movie no, right now. or something? Right now? Yes, yeah, oh, wow, right now. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, wow, okay.
1: The shapeshifters after him, uh, and apparently the Romanian Mafia hires shapeshifters.
2: What? He did... He did bad by the romanian mafia and black spazzy black young spazzy black guy is like what the fuck like you you know you you should know better you'd never you never go against the romanian mafia it's like okay
1: <laughs> he is the he's part of the mafia though oh yeah so romania has shapeshifters don't worry about it this movie doesn't
0: yeah, uh,
2: whatever. Don't worry about
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So they're like, we gotta kick him out. Um. And he's like, you fool. Uh, now that he's seen all of you, and you've all seen all him, you all have to die now. Cause no one can see his true form. <laughs> and then the then the guy yells, "Who the hell came up with that rule?" Which yeah, that's a good point, David Michael Ladd, I guess. Yeah. Wait, did
2: he write did he write this movie no Let's he's check. a producer <laughs> he was just a, I think he was just a producer on this one one of the
1: three producers of this film a bit much uh
2: this one is written by oh written directed by Gregory Lemkin
1: crazy Is I've that guy do anything IM... else
2: I've got the IMDP page up he's done um garbage um nothing else that looks very interesting
1: right then Um, Jenny, uh, the last remaining cop alive, or rather prison guard, um, uh, finds a way out of the cell through the vents. Um, unfortunately she can't get the bars open, so she needs to get the help of Big Larry, uh, who is the muscle man of the sort of prison, who's sort of chilling in his cell. Well, this is all happening. Yeah. He's just reading it like that. Yeah. He's just laying like down
2: on his cot, just reading a magazine. And, like, they're being like, come on, you got to help us out. And he's just like, I don't care.
1: I don't care. Uh, so, yeah. So then, um, one well, of them. Um, I think,
2: I think the, yeah, the spazzy black guy has to, like, taunt him. To yeah, say but saying he, he doesn't like, have
1: the balls.
2: He does have the balls.
1: Um, which makes him furious. And then he proceeds to. Uh, he then runs into the cell and starts freaking out. The monster's gonna get him, right? Like immediately. Immediately. <laughs> and then once he gets in, he basically then proceeds to help them out by opening the bars. Um, this is a, this is such a quick scene. It's super, it's super nonsensical how it runs through.
2: Mm-hmm. This is the rest of the movie from here on out. It's just. They go up, into a ventilation shaft, they get to the next floor, and... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Pedro, one of the prison mates, gets killed as mm-hmm. he leaves the cell.
2: Latino guy number one dies.
1: Unsurprising to everyone who watched <laughs> it, because it's super obvious. And it's a good thing that vent they're walking through leads to just an open hole in the prison wall. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a hole that was being hidden behind like a... I assume a locker. They just sort of push by. Mm. It's a very secure uh, hole.
2: Again, like any jail, any operational jail at this point would be anything like
0: this.
1: Something I really like is they also imply that basically every uh, prisoner they're with right now has tried to break in, broke or who has try, tried to break out of the cell, the prison at one point
2: missed that
1: yeah so like oh you can't get out the doors we tried that once too it's like what oh
2: that's right they have i forgot about this they have a like an encyclopedic knowledge of the layout of the prison
1: but are you all you guys like the i don't know the safe ones basically is how you describe them as
2: they're, they're the prisoners they should know the least about the layout of the prison
1: yeah um uh, Jenny then clears herself the boss because she's the only prison guard remaining, basically. And they're like, they all think her fun her basically. It's like, no, we all know what you really are like you're you you are uh, non other honorably discharged
2: yeah, and they're like you you don't think the prison guards gossip. We know all about you,
1: and it's like, why do all you guys care though? Why do any of you care?
2: well she does try to assert her authority which to be fair is kind of dumb because but then they're like some...
1: yeah okay you're the boss though
2: well yeah then they're kind of like yeah okay whatever but like but it is kind of stupid she is kind of like like this doesn't she She is like Jenny I should say the, the, the last remaining prison guard and our main character is like nothing has changed you are still prisoners I'm still the prison guard and it's just like fuck you But then, yeah, but then they're kind of like, but then they just sort of accept that she's still in charge. Yeah, and
1: then she's all like, all you guys, you gotta split off into different groups and explore more of the prison.
2: Because when has that never (laughs) worked in a horror film?
1: So she goes with a priest man, uh, who was apparently a priest before. He then dabbled in black arts, apparently. I forgot about (laughs) He dabbled in black arts. It doesn't matter, he dies, like, this next scene, but.
2: I forgot.
1: Yeah, apparently he did animal sacrifices, and that's why he's in the prison.
2: Yeah, he was like, he's like, apparently, uh, society. Uh, I have, I had more liberal attitudes towards prison uh, animal sacrifice than society. And she's like, okay.
1: Also, we find out that Larry turns out doesn't actually have balls at all.
2: There's a strange, yeah, voiceover story where, like, you know, (laughs) yeah, like... Where what is asks, it? Why? Like, why? She asks, like, "What's what's up with like Larry? Like, he like really?" is And, and then he <coughs> explains, like, "Oh yeah." And then they have to tell. And then like you see, you watch Larry like walking through a dark room with like a baseball bat, like looking around him, making sure. And then yes, we get this this story that like, apparently oh, when he was yes. three years
1: old, a bulldog bit him in the crotch and he lost his balls, and his and fr- people made fun of him. And that's why he's so big and strong now.
2: What, what's in this is, of exposition? This is, very, this? this is very relevant.
1: That's why he got so mad earlier.
2: This is extremely relevant. It's very and relevant. It's, it's such, a, it's such a, a three-dimensional portrayal of his character. No, it's garbage and it never comes back again.
1: Nope, mm-hmm. speaking of never coming back, Priestman Man gets killed by Shapeshifter Guy.
2: Good riddance. Just instantly.
1: Uh, we then get their confrontation with Mafia Man, uh, who apparently killed his lieutenant, and spent all of his money in Vegas.
2: Also, Neddy, uh, sorry to go back, but Nettie mentioned it. Killing off the priest character is is uh, so quickly is stupid because normally in a movie like this, when you have a, a religious character, they're supposed to hang on a bit longer to kind of tempt the idea that their faith in God is uh, what keeps them alive. So you keep them around. So they do eventually get killed, but you keep them around for a bit longer to sort of tempt the audience into thinking, oh, maybe this guy will make it because he has faith in God. But then you pull it. But when you do it too quickly, you break that. So, you know. Yeah. Bad bad move, Asylum.
1: (laughs) I mean, also, the guy is like... I don't know. Maybe he has some sort of spiritual powers. Maybe against the demon they're fighting. Nah. This guy is just a demon. But yeah, so apparently Mafia Man was supposed to buy guns in the US, but he failed, and he accidentally killed the lieutenant. And through all the money, he was supposed to buy guns on at Vegas, and that's why the shapeshifter creatures creature is after him.
2: Yeah, well, he claims that he gambled away like half a million in mm-hmm. Vegas in like over a weekend or something
1: suddenly another prisoner bites the dust uh again I think we're down to like six people now
2: something like that
1: something like that uh well Mafia Man is split off with another guy who then proceeds to betray and he murders him um now for some reason yeah uh, Yeah. uh <laughs> why
2: this this happening it, it's Maybe, all pretty oh. generic from here on out hmm
1: they then sort of find a gruesome computers that they're able to fix.
2: Oh, yeah. Spazzy Black Eye is like some kind of like tech whiz. Yeah,
1: uh, for some reason. He just is. Don't worry about it. it.
2: He just is. He's some kind of hacker or something. Yeah. I don't so they're,
1: know. Just, so just go with it. Just go with it. It's not important. Who cares about this film, really? Um, so they, he's able to get one of the uh, cameras working and Luckily, the camera points right at uh, the shapeshifter. Who we see is uh, currently eating uh, Riggs. <laughs> um, but wait, he couldn't have... How is, how is the shapeshifter killing Riggs? Riggs was in a totally different location when he died, apparently. Which they know for some reason. <laughs> Why do they know that? I don't know. Anywho, but then... So Jenny then somehow... After this, they sort of realize that the Mafia man is behind it
2: oh because they see him on the monitor negotiating no, no, no no that happens after
1: the... that happens after moffy man and jenny fight
2: oh it's super shit. weird because oh, so yeah, you... they find out riggs yeah. is there
1: and then like we got take him down so then they run over the moffy man jenny and moffy man fight uh moffy man escapes. Uh, Spastic Black Man goes and says "Uh, you guys need to see this. Then you walk over to the cameras and then you see Mafia Man is in the cameras talking mm-hmm. to the shapeshifter.
2: And he's like negotiating with him or something it looks like.
1: Now the fact, I don't understand how <laughs> how uh, Spastic Black Man saw the Mafia Man in the cameras while also Jenny was fighting him.
2: Yeah, just go with it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Moffy Man is working with the Shaftree the whole time, and he really did kill Riggs. And they somehow got that all from the camera, somehow, beforehand. Um, yeah, so they didn't track him down, they captured him. We didn't find out, after they captured him, uh, we find out that uh, Muffy Man was actually offered him a deal that if they leave, uh, he'll show him where he hid the money, because he actually didn't spend all the money. Uh, apparently hit some extra, and also shape was actually trying to free him, not kill him, and he's actually the shape trying to protect him the entire time. Why did he take so long to state this? I don't know. <laughs> um, he also then apparently he also then stabs one of the uh, uh, Muhammad, one of the guys there.
2: Oh yeah, the uh, the nation of Islam, black guy.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm really just going off my list of notes right now, basically. Yeah.
2: It's all this this entire segment of the film is completely one
1: forgettable. Long, non, yeah, one It's one so...
2: long, boring stretch. It takes place in a bunch of like hallways. People eventually get killed off. It's and it's about a bunch of people that like you don't give two shits about. It's a fucking slog, and I forgot about it almost the instant I finished watching it. Yep.
1: So then they. The main then... part
2: but this I remember. <laughs> like literally, I don't remember anything up to the gas chamber.
1: Yeah. So then they trick the shapeshifter and murdering moffy man because they then tie him to a door and then they sham uh, They then slam the door and the when the shapeshifter is running at them, so then he stabs him with his hand. Not sure why his hand was pointed straight out, but whatever. And then uh, Lenny then sacrifices himself to let the others escape, and he's like, I do have the balls, and then he dies instantly. (laughs) Oh, Uh, you don't have the balls. (laughs) No, but then they then fall through the uh, the vent shaft and land straight in the gas chamber. That's lucky. And also bris- there's a gas chamber in his chamber In, in the
2: prison. 2000s there's still an Operational gas chamber There's still gas in the pipes and Good everything. thing the
1: shape shooter followed them into the gas chamber They escape and and set the chamber off And then he dies But oh no he didn't die Somehow he then uh, ambushes them In a totally different location from the gas chamber
2: That's the thing we forgot to mention This, this monster somehow has the ability to Teleport into a completely Different location and no reason is given for it whatsoever. No. Oh, I think this is also. I think at some point they were like, "Oh, we need to kill him when he's still in like human mode." And I, yeah, think, I think they make some sort of like implication that. that like the more people he kills, the stronger the monster gets. So we have to kill him before. Hey, but when that the... stack
1: over like a period of time? Like, if he kills someone a year ago, is he still gaining that strength, or does he lose it?
2: Uh, I don't know. They don't explain Because you this. can, like, just chain kill, they just basically, sort of... and
1: get real strong.
2: Well, I think that's what they're implying, that, like, he's chain killing, so he's getting, like, he's multiplying in strength. He's getting all of uh, them combos. Like, like, like exponentially. Um, But, um, but he's not, but they kind of only, again, how they know this is unclear, and no one really takes bothers to kind of explain this, so it, it's not clear how the characters know this. So the audience doesn't really understand it. So, yeah.
1: Anyway, so, so Jenny, and the Jenny and the Shapeshitter fight a bunch. And then Jenny realizes that the talisman's the only thing that's keeping him as a monster form. So then Jenny takes the talisman off, and he dies instantly and explodes. Jenny. Well, the,
2: the answer you gave is, is, well, the explanation you gave is, is much more coherent. Literally, it's just like the monster shows up, grabs her by the neck, and while she's like, like you know, being strangled by the monster, she sees the little pentagram pendant hanging around the monster, and she just like grabs it and yanks it off. Well,
1: no, she saw him put the pentagram necklace on at the very beginning of the film.
2: I don't even feel like it's even that ex- that specific. Well, we got those, we get
1: those little flashback moments though when she's looking at the pentagram at the that's end. True.
2: Let's that's t- I true. I get that's the going for. It probably is what they're going for, but it just comes across as just kind of a spur of the moment, like uh, yank, grab, and the monster's dead.
1: Yeah. So we then cut to hostile later on. And Spastic Black Man and Jenny are both in sort of the a on, hospital room. The
2: only survivors. The only survivors.
1: Yeah. Um, and then he's like, wow, that was pretty that crazy. Who, oh boy. I'm going to go back to prison later and have my parole uh, trial in six months. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to work in another prison. What? You kept the talisman, Jenny? Yes, I did. Goodbye, put, Spastic I'll, Black Man. I'll, I'll be at your trial.
2: Good, I'll, I'll put in a good word for you, Spastic Black guy. And she walks away, and the camera zooms in on the pentagram necklace she's wearing around and her. And why
1: own. is she wearing that? Why would that ever be a good idea?
0: Yeah.
2: That's maybe dumb. Maybe she can turn to a monster. I, th- I feel like they're implying that she can turn to a monster. Why now. would you even
1: want that, though?
2: Yeah. Look at how many mo- people the monster killed. Why wouldn't you want it?
1: Um, I don't know. It seems sort of destructive, I imagine. this. <laughs> but it's, it's, There's going to be some big consequences where your life is half to whatever, often, isn't they? Your life force is halved, or or you'll you'll die suddenly if you use it too often, something like
2: that. I mean, nothing in the movie stated that you can't. But so... you don't know is the
1: problem; <laughs> you never know.
2: But from what we're given in the movie, it looks like there's no price to pay. So
1: mm. even still, it's dangerous. Anyway, that's the end of the film, guys. This we we blew the... through. This is <laughs> one last of the bit there.
2: This is one of the most nothing movies I've ever seen.
1: We're gonna say like, that for every film from now on, you know that,
2: right? I I do know that, but still, I mean, like, wow, like, I mean, even still, I had like, I've had way more to say about like the other Asylum films we've watched. Why this was this one. film made? Yeah. Because they were able to rent the Lincoln Heights jail for like two days, and they were like, quick, let's come up with a plot around this jail.
1: Why the Romanian Mafia? And why shapeshifters? This film mostly just sort of confused me in what the mm. point of it was.
0: Again, As, like, like Legion
1: of the Dead, it, I don't know. It's more just to make a cheap something you can shove in like a VCR and shove it to some movie, uh, movie store.
2: It feels, like, it feels like it was made so that the Asylum could claim that they made, like, hey, look, we completed six or seven productions this year, you know, or something. Like, we had a quota to hit. Here it is.
1: Yeah. The movie must have been cheap.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sure it was insanely cheap. Now, um, I do have something to add here, and it has very little to do with the movie, but I went looking on IMDb, and most of the actors in this movie, they've had pretty, um, like, uninteresting careers. Like, a lot of them have been in other things, but, like, you know, but nothing particularly interesting. But the star of this movie, the, the, the woman who plays Jenny, her name is Jennifer Ann Wiggins, and her IMDb profile is a thing of beauty. Let me read the bio. Oh man, she's bios. in so
1: much asylum films.
2: She's in so many asylum films. We're gonna see a lot of her. I'm okay. Her bio. That. She was
1: alright. She was honestly the best thing of this film, honestly,
2: because of acting. She... But her... so here's her bio. I'm gonna read from it now. Jennifer was born on an army base in Thailand, military father, mother is an outstanding (laughs) Chinese woman who instilled invaluable strength and perseverance in her child. As a little girl, she was parading around the house wearing her father's military hats and announcing herself as Captain Wiggins! Two exclamation points. All she ever did was hang with the boys on the bases and engage in war games. A girl has to hold her own when the families and kids next door are all military? <laughs> it was an obvious development that Jennifer had her sights set on the FBI Academy. She obtained her bachelor's degree in criminal justice, as well as various fight and weapon training. This girl was more concerned with beating her best time at upcoming swim meets or a new Smith & Wesson handgun than the latest trend in haute couture. However, after once accepting a role for Japan TV, she fell in love with being on set and acting for the camera. The excitement she felt had changed everything. Because of this epiphany, she made a decision to trade in the real guns for the prop guns and moved to Los Angeles to pursue acting full-time. Her quick-witted humor and even quicker fists are both delivering punchlines on 35mm. It's unlikely that she'll ever go back to nine millimeter.
1: Man, it's depressing to read.
2: IMDb mini biography by Zoltan and personal representative.
1: Sure, that's still depressing to read because she's just in like, just just Z tier films, honestly.
2: Now, here's the other amazing thing about Jennifer Ann Wiggins. If you look through her IMDb page. So, most of the stuff that she's credited in is just, like, Asylum films. But the very first film she is credited in, way back in 2003, is an extra in Julie and Jack, the very first movie created by James Gwynn, the creator of Birdemic.
1: Whoa, dude.
2: And she's credited as just Jennifer Wiggins in that movie. And so I went and I watched Julie and Jack to see. And like, there's just a bunch of extra college students in like one scene. So I don't know for sure... If it's the same Jennifer Wiggins but IMDB has credited her as being in that so I really 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 want to believe that it's the same person and her very first role acting role was in that movie
1: <laughs> that's intent that's amazing
2: so at least we got that at least I, I found out about that from watching this movie
1: yeah um also, other than that this,
2: oh. this movie sucked and I wouldn't recommend it to everyone no anyone. I do not it recommend waste this film either time. To, I recommend this to no one it was a complete waste of time it was very boring, it was completely forgettable and uh,
0: yeah
1: and hey, we got our first uh, five star iTunes review
0: <gasps>
1: yes uh, by RJNC00 with the title Thank commit you, me R-J-N-C-0-0. to this asylum C-0-0. great podcast, really great if you like Z grade films
2: yeah, yeah.
1: so thanks a lot Um, I'll probably read more of these if people ever want to, I don't know put reviews on but only the that. five star ones <laughs> I, I'll, I'll probably read other ones if necessary uh, once again i'd also like to mention the uh, email enter the asylum podcast at gmail.com mind saying that to me Pac?
2: I think you said enter the asylum podcast at gmail.com
1: that's correct enter the asylum podcast at gmail.com um yes yeah, it has been a month uh, of course so I don't think anyone's sent any emails but hopefully, people will now when I release the next three episodes again. Do it. Yeah, once again, apologies for having like zero episodes in the past month. Things have been We've
2: busy. Some, things have been really busy lately. Uh, things Between will calm down
1: now, hopefully, though.
2: So. We we both we both have have had moves. Uh, I I I've just finished a move, and you have a move coming up. So you had a lot of packing to do. Yeah. And of course, we have Rook on top of that. So we have very busy lives.
1: Hey. Expect to hear more of us soon, for sure. Next, hopefully, when we watch um, the King Kong film, which is uh, (gasps) King of the Lost World. Yes, finally, we've made the first Mockbuster official Mockbuster
2: the affair yes because yeah war of the world war of the worlds is kind is the first mockbuster. that was an
1: accidental mockbuster
2: uh, right 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 yeah 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 of course of course uh, but this will be a um this is the first blatant mockbuster so i'm excited we're 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 entering a bold new era in the asylum
1: how exciting all right well that's a podcast
2: Bye everyone.
1: See ya.
0: Have to send me Just a cage of bones There's nothing inside. Will it always be burning the hollow walls? Is there a way for me to break? I'm a shifter horse masquerade hiding both face and mind all free for you to draw I'm a shifter, have no face to show please don't take off my mask my disguise